everyone and welcome to my podcast life universe then everything i am navin kumar chandra and today we are going to talk about something which has universal importance it is not just important for every single person it is indispensable it is indispensable to manage it well if you wish to do anything right i am talking about time today's episode is called every second counts and we will be discussing the importance of time and how to manage it effectively it is no hidden secret that time is the only thing that we all have in equal amounts think about it. no matter who you are what you do where you were born and the what circumstances all of us have the same 24 hours in a day now it is true that a huge percentage of the population does not have the liberty to use it as they would wish to and i am not ignorant to say that no matter how poor or disadvantaged you are you have the absolute control over how you use your time most who are struggling for survival are more concerned about that than perhaps other things which we will discuss today but even for them at some level time is the only equalizer now that we have spoken about how time is the only equalizer i want to ask just one question what separates those people who we regard as successful from the rest it can be a lot of things actually one can point out to their work ethic one can point out to the talent but in the end it's actually just one major thing we don't actually need the endless parade of self help books to figure it out the only thing which separates these two sets of people is how successful people use the limited amount of time that we all have when i say every second counts what i mean by this is not that you start obsessing about time or you go hysterical and start counting every second or keep a record of how you spend each day and every second but what i mean to say is that time is precious and if we waste it we can never get it back we often hear people say that time is money but it is much much more important than money it's not money it is not all the tangible resources put together it is still more valuable than anything that you can imagine especially in today's fast paced world there we have so many things placed in front of us as something which we ought to do we need to be even more mindful of our time what i mean to say is that most of the things which we feel are important or in fact indispensable today are utterly useless i mean come on think about it why would any common man want an account on every single social media platform why would anyone want to have every single streaming app installed in their phones and in their TVs and in their laptops and in their tablets as a matter of fact why would anyone want so many screens why would anyone want to watch every single movie which is released every new tv series that comes out well a very short answer is no they don't they don't need any of this i am myself on most social media but i don't have all those apps installed on my phone and most of these accounts are just dormant i use my social media handles through my laptop whenever i want to and which happens once in a while i do use only one social media frequently that is on my phone but rest of them are only accessible through my laptop 
Similarly, I don't have any streaming app on my phone, but one that is because I watch and follow football and English Premier League, so I have installed that on my phone. But I don't have the endless parade of various streaming apps on my phone. As far as TV series and movies are concerned, I avoid them as a matter of principle because what we are being shown or what is being put in front of us as quality content is far from it. It's actually taking the least amount of efforts to be made. I watch a TV series or a movie only when I discover it on my own and not because someone recommended it to me or everyone is going gaga over it or it's a rage and everyone is watching it. But then you would ask why then people actually do all this. I mean all of us are aware that it is a huge waste of time. But then why are people indulging in this behavior? The answer is simple. Humans, we are social animals. We do as most of the people do to fit in. Our behavior and lifestyle is dictated by the choices the people around us make. We do these things to generally gain acceptance and to let people know that we are one of them. We are one of their own. But in reality, this is not how it should be or it must be. On a very simple level, on the surface of it, if we look at those people who we admire and we adore, the single most common feature which we'll be able to see is how all of them don't follow this rule. They live their life on their own terms. And in most cases, those terms are not the popular terms, as in they are not popular with the masses. We forget that we get this life only once and we can't be living it to please the people who we don't even know in most cases or we don't even interact with. One of the worst examples of this mob behavior is the trend culture of social media. How everyone is making similar videos on similar trends on with similar audios and, sim and doing the same thing and still calling it content and calling themselves content creators. So if we realize this, that it is nothing but a trap for us to spend a lot more time on a particular platform and is not giving us anything of quality in return, we'd be much better off and much sooner. But don't think it is only the social pressure that makes us misunderstand the importance of time and misuse it. We humans fall prey to various fallacies and biases that lead us to ignore the importance of time. These biases and fallacies include prominently the planning fallacy, the optimism bias and the sunk cost fallacy. Let me explain. For example, the planning fallacy is when we underestimate the time it takes to complete a task. This bias can lead to missed deadlines and a general lack of productivity. We tend to estimate wrongly on two fronts. On the one hand, we overestimate our ability to plan everything perfectly. And on the other hand, we underestimate the time it would take us to finish that task we are planning for. This leads us to plan things and feel we have done a good job but when our ill-planned attempt at doing the things 
fail or comes down we are quick to blame some external factor not realizing that the plan that we designed was designed to fail to begin with if we wish to avoid the planning fallacy we need to plan very realistically we need to keep account for every single detail and more so of the things for which we feel we'll figure out as the task progresses or the things for which we don't have complete information and we try to underestimate this is one way in which we can be better planners optimism bias on the other hand is when we are overtly optimistic about our abilities to complete a task this can lead to procrastination and a false sense of security this happens most when we do something we are familiar with or have done before do how well we have done it in the past doesn't count as much for example consider the last day before a test and the tendency we all have to overestimate the ability to finish the syllabus in time and thus what we do we keep pushing the start of our studies or preparation of the or the endeavor or after other as in we start pushing it the time when we will start studying further further this eventually leads to a situation when we don't have any time left the best way to deal with optimism bias is to by default considering that the time we have is short and we don't have enough time and starting earlier than we are required to but having said that we need to be careful starting things early can lead to another aspect of the same bias to creep in for example when you start early and you for example have finished half of the task you might see and you might feel that you know now i have finished half of the task and i have a lot of time in my hand so i can finish the rest of the task rest the second half of the task later and this is where the original optimum bias kicks in again and then we start in the same loop of postponing the second half of the task till we don't have any time left so you need to be mindful of this coming to sunk cost fallacy sunk cost fallacy is when we continue to invest time and energy in a project or a task even when it is no longer worth doing so this can lead to wasted time and resources this is such a universal phenomena and is visible at all times in our lives in some or the other thing that we are doing this is very highly applicable to aspirants of government exams in india most of these aspirants who keep on attempting the exam think after that since they have already put in so many years it would be a waste of time to not try the exam once again what they forget is that the time they have already put in does not count for anything it is gone anyway and they are just wasting even more time over the dead time that they have already put in it is very important for us to avoid sunk cost fallacy in our daily lives when we plan things and when we do things and when we manage our time now let us talk about how we can best manage our time it's a two step process the first step which is also the most important step is to create a realistic schedule or timetable that includes all of our tasks and commitments we should always prioritize our tasks and focus on the most important ones first we can also use tools such as time tracking apps and to-do lists to help us stay on track stephen covey the author of seven habits of highly effective people has advocated for prioritizing tasks based on their importance and not just their urgency and this is something which i relate with another thing which i highly 
advocate is use of to-do lists. To-do lists in the short term and in the long term are one of the finest tools to help you manage and plan your time better. Kobe also emphasized the importance of setting goals and breaking them down into smaller and manageable tasks. Again, something which I have personally done and used not just in my UPSC preparation but I continue to do so. In my UPSC preparation days, I used to have three timetables, monthly, weekly and daily. And even now, when I am writing, when I am writing a podcast, when I am writing books, when I am you know, reading a lot, when I am playing music, I am painting and sketching, I do have not a timetable but I do have a scenario in which I want to see myself after say three months. Like I want to see myself having written two books in three months. Then I would divide those two books in smaller milestones over a month and then again further divide that month over four or five weeks whatever it may be. An ideal timetable should include time for all your important activities that is work, rest, play, hobbies, family, outing, workout, everything should be accounted for. We need to ensure that we are taking breaks and giving our minds and bodies time to recharge. We should also make time for our hobbies and interests as they can help us reduce stress and improve our overall well-being. My timetable for example is divided into slots for every activity which I feel is very important or have a very high priority for me. I have divided all activities into two categories. First are those which are daily must do's for me. These are the ones which I do starting uh, from the time I wake up to the time I sleep but I do on a daily basis and cannot miss a single day off. They include obviously my office, my work, my writing, my reading and my workout. The second category of tasks are the which I want to perform at a certain level but I do them in rotation. And this category is slightly more flexible. These tasks include painting, sketching, working on my podcast, playing the violin or the guitar, cooking for fun and many other things. Now, both these sets of activities feature in my timetable or my schedule or my to-do list but the frequency for the second set that is the flexible set of activities differs. It is important for us to have in our timetable the sync with our overall long-term goals. It is important to understand that a random timetable, even though it can look very fancy, would be of little use if it is out of sync with you and what you desire to achieve. For example, if you put n number of activities, many of which you wish to do, but you've just put in all of them without thinking if you actually have time for all of them and you put, put them in, cram them in on a daily timetable, the timetable might look good, might look cool, but it is nothing but a messed up schedule which will actually work in the opposite way and make you feel less and less confident when you miss those targets. Now, apart from a timetable, the second step which is very crucial in managing our time well is to get rid of the distractions. These distractions can be anything. They can be unnecessary things we do or they can be unnecessary people who we talk to or we have in our life. They can be unimportant tasks, they can be bad habits, just anything. It must be noted though that more than adopting a good habit, it is tougher to get rid of a bad one. What happens is these habits and the instant gratification they give acts like nicotine. If we miss it, if we try to get rid of it, 
our bodies physically start missing it and that's why it is very very tough for us to get rid of a bad habit in our day and age the biggest distractions are digital distractions for them we can take a certain set of simple steps we can simply delete all the apps which are absolutely useless and not important for us but if it is tough what you can at least do is to turn off notifications of all these apps so that you are not obliged or you are not forced to go and visit these apps every other second similarly for people it is always advisable to have a very small and close circle of friends you don't need to be friends with n number of people i know a lot of people believe in the power of connections and networking and their entire life is about making more connections and networking feeling that they would someday make use of those connections and networking you have to understand that you are individuals with emotions with a soul with a heart with a brain you are not soulless companies or corporates you need to act like humans and you need to stop treating yourself as machines who are just meant to make these connections for some hypothetical future gain you have to understand for this hypothetical future gain which you might or might not get out of these connections you are completely ruining your present in my case for example i have the smallest circle possible i can count my friends on my fingers of one hand and i don't generally make a lot of friends it does not mean that i am rude to people i help people as much as possible but i don't let them in my internal very small circle this makes me have two meaningful relationships with limited people which are much more fulfilling much more purposeful and much more meaningful this also lets me enjoy my time and spend my energy on the people i like on the people i love on the people i care for and helps me in overall management of my time and energy in the end i'd like to reiterate that time is the most valuable resource that we have and we need to use it very very wisely we can overcome the biases and fallacies as i spoke about by creating realistic schedule prioritizing tasks taking breaks making time for our hobbies and interests and cutting distractions thank you all for listening to this episode i hope you liked it this is navin signing off remember every second counts so make the most of it and i'll see you next week